The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's sex out loud. And you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. Coming up, uh, we are talking about a new era of non-phallic sex toys. Where did the dildos all go? Apparently, they went somewhere away. Uh, And maybe you found your ideal love. But wait, your romantic partner isn't even real. How is that possible? Talk about that. And jumping through high-tech hoops to get to online porn. That's coming up with our sex tech expert after 10.15, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. You can always email me as well, laurie at drlaurie.com. So before I get to your important questions, I need to give a shout out uh, to my coach uh, from 360 Punch, Coach Xavier Lowy, who just... I just got news that he pummeled his opponent into submission in seconds at his uh, MMA fight that was just happening. Dave Simon is there, our producer, and uh, he just texted me uh, that news. So seconds, a fight that lasts seconds. Imagine preparing for all that. And then it got me thinking. So I started, uh, I turned 55 last month, and I decided I'm going to pick up a new sport. And I decided I'm going to pick up boxing. So, and I'm curious, uh, how many people have picked up new things after, like as they got older, after 50, after 55, like new hobbies, new, new sports. And I'm saying this because studies do show that the more you try and try new things, do new things, I'm not talking about like in the bedroom, I'm talking about outside of like your own activities, uh, that the more satisfied people are with their relationship and even with their sexuality. So it's having passions outside of your relationship and outside things that you like to do that you can be passionate about brings passion into your relationship. So, uh, you know, let me know. What are some things that you picked up that you started to feel passionate about later in life? 514-800. If you have uh, any questions or comments, would love to hear your thoughts. So let me get to question this one by email. Uh, as you mentioned once, almost every imaginable sexual fantasy is out there. Having said that, I have seen that there are some sites devoted to armpits, like armpits kissing and such. My question is, is this just a fetish or part of sexuality? So I would say that there are certainly people who find that to be an erogenous zone or uh, just something that is erotic as a as a body part I would not call this a a fetish I don't really call much body parts generally speaking uh, a fetish even feet like even feet some people find feet sexy, even though we've said that this was like the most common fetish but it's so common that I'm not even sure I would put it in there as a fetish anymore. It's like a a lot of these things are just preferences and turn-ons. So, but doesn't mean that you absolutely need to have an armpit in your face to get turned on. Generally speaking, uh, when, when it's a preference, it's just something that you enjoy and that you like. That's it. So, uh, and, and I would say that's pretty common. It's just another, uh, another uh, body part. 
All right, question. Uh, good evening, Dr. Lori. This uh, came via email through iHeartRadio, so you can also send your emails that way. Uh, fantastic show. Thank you. Wish it was longer. A one-hour show is just not long enough. Um, I have a unique issue. I recently turned 60 and still very sexually active and a strong uh, sex drive. Uh, forever, I ejaculated a normal amount, one to two ounces, I estimate. Uh, but for the last few months, I have been ejaculating a half to three quarters of a cup. My first squirt lasts about three to four seconds. Uh, the others are normal, but lots of sperm. Is this a concern? Good question. So this is something what that we call... Um, hypospermia. Okay. Hypospermia. So that's more sperm. Um, it's rare. Uh, is it hypo or hyperspermia? Oh, I have to double check that. It might be hyperspermia and hypo is less, I believe. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, it is a rare, con- I, don't, I don't know if I can call it a condition, about 4% of people. It doesn't have any effect on your health. The only thing that when they make a connection between having too much sperm, it uh, apparently affects fertility. You would think the opposite, but that's actually not what it actually can affect uh, fertility. It's also been associated with having a higher sex drive. Now, when I think of your age, you said you're uh, 60 years old, it could also be related to an infection in the prostate that causes inflammation. So at your age, you should definitely have your prostate checked anyway. This should be a regular thing. But if everything comes seems normal, then it's there's, it's nothing to be treated. It's like it's not dangerous. It's not anything. The only thing is, is it might be an indication of some kind of infection, uh, which you want to check. So yes, hyper is the correct word. So hyperspermia is uh, the word. Um, Grace says, ironically, not long enough is a common complaint on the show. Yeah. Penis size? Yes. Uh this text writes, you're awesome. The latest thing I picked up over the age of 30 is facials. It's not new, but I recently got back into light weightlifting and trying to stick with it. It is so empowering. What is, what is the facials and trying and, and light weightlifting? I'm not sure the relationship between those two things. You're not talking about the sexual facials, right? <laughs> I'm just assuming, right? Uh, all right. Um, what have you picked up? I'm, I'm curious. If you are over 50, did you pick up a new hobby, a new passion? And did you notice that it has made a difference in uh, your life? I picked up uh, boxing for me, and I'm absolutely loving it. Like, I'm there every day. And, of course, I don't box for a, a whole lot of time because it's exhausting. So about a half hour of boxing a day. Uh, and I'm loving it. Like feel very passionate about it. That's, you know, today's passion of the month. <laughs> but who knows? Hopefully it will last. But at 55, something new that I started. I'm curious, what have you started? Anything, uh, anything new later on? So all right, another question. Uh, this one says, I have a couple of questions. Uh, I haven't really ever given oral sex before or being sexually active like real sex, you know, but I feel that I'm ready to take my relationship to the next level. I really do want to pleasure my boyfriend in every aspect, but I feel shy to ask him if I can give him oral sex. Oh, I think I'm, I might have already 
read this one. So, uh, yes, and I was talking about, I'll just repeat the answer to this because I, I do think, or it's a similar question, I don't know, uh, is that we have to talk about sex, right? It's like you want to do this with a partner, but you are too shy. And I get it when you're just starting out sexually that it's all uh, sometimes not so easy to speak about it. We sometimes don't even have the language for it. But being able to, to talk and ask your partner, uh, is this something that you would like? Is this something that we could try? Uh, talking about your needs, talking about about things that you would want to try is a good step to opening up that conversation about sex. And remember that a good and healthy sex life involves good communication. Like we, that can't be said enough is that really good sexual communication uh, definitely, definitely improves uh, sex lives and is very important. Coming up, Dr. Jason Behrman will be with us for Sex Tech. Will the dildo go the way of the dodo? He will answer. We strip away the stigmas every night with passion on CJAD 800. One of my favorite segments, the sex tech segment, where I get to find out and you get to find out all the newest technologies, usually scares me to some degree, usually find out something I start to worry about that I didn't worry about before. Uh, But now we're going to find out a few new things that's happening in the world of sexuality, like who puts tech and sex together. But you've heard me talk about robots here. We've talked about, uh, yeah, all kinds of uh, these sex dolls and sex robots and things like that. But uh, Dr. Jason Behrman, he is full of knowledge about sex and technology. He is the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Queer Tech MTL and joins us every month, just about. Hi. Hi, Lori. Great to be back. Always great to have you. So, what's happening with the dildo? (laughs) Is it going the way of the dodo? I'm curious. Tell us. So, there's a a new era of non-phallic sex toys and a bunch of uh, toys that are coming out now that don't resemble the conventional sex toy that usually comes to mind. So, whenever you think of a sex toy, like quite often, I don't know, especially when I think about it, I always imagine some kind of phallic object that you insert in some orifice or something like that. Well, there was a time... (laughs) 30 years back, let's say, when you would walk into a sex shop, that's all you would see. That's all you would see. Like, that's all you would have. That was the array, you know, like in different sizes, different colors, and and usually made of just one kind of material. And like the variety, it's incredible the industry of sex toys and how it has evolved with Mm -hmm. technology. Exactly. So that's what we're going to go over today. But um, I would like to start by uh, recounting a little story, which is uh, there's an infamous billboard now in Toronto uh, next to the 401. Uh And so going into work, it it made international headlines. And it says in big letters, scream your own name. And then (laughs) underneath it, it says womanizer. And it shows an image of an object that is a sex toy for women. Oh, I know the, the womanizer. The womanizer. Yes. But like you look at it and I would have no idea that this is a sex toy. When right. I see the image of it, I think it's it's like a wireless mouse for your computer or something like that. Yeah, which and, when put against your clitoris <laughs> kind of vacuums up the that's really what it does. It yeah. it draws the blood into the clitoris. That is the womanizer. <laughs> 
Why not? <laughs> I love that there's an, a billboard for it. Yeah. Like that's that's pretty progressive. Yes, it is. I'm actually surprised that in, in Ontario they're that progressive. But anyhow. But it's interesting because it's not really sexually explicit because even the item itself, the right. object, doesn't even lo- remotely doesn't, look no. like anything sexual whatsoever because right. it's not phallic. Most and toys so- don't look phallic or don't look like sex toys you pick them up you go what is this mm-hmm. so we're gonna go over some of these new ones and so there's this new era now of making sex toys that do not look like a vibrator and uh, many of them are not penis shaped whatsoever and so one of the co-founders for one of these companies that makes these toys called unbound uh this person's name is rodriguez uh, rodriguez says um it's great to have a product that you wouldn't feel mortified leading leaving out on the bed stand right so like when people come in like if they see it in your bedroom they probably won't even ah, understand what it is it's a paperweight mm-hmm. yeah it's, <laughs> it's a, a paperweight exactly <laughs> i felt that way about the glass uh, sex toys that they started making, these beautiful Mm -hmm. glass... Uh, they're phallic shape, but not always, right? Mm-hmm. They and they and they're so intricate. Like they've some of them have little bumps, and some of them have like kind of swirlies, and like literally, you don't know what you're picking. If you don't buy it at a sex to- sex shop and you found it at a bookstore, mm. you would just think it's a paperweight. <laughs> okay, Lori, this is a new hobby you need to take up in your fifties. What if you're saying after boxing, <laughs> try glass blowing and make these. Okay, and yeah, I, not gonna happen. Not gonna, <laughs> So what's interesting that I raised on a, a, a several episodes, actually, is uh, previous episodes on passion was that uh, what's really interesting about the sex tech industry, it's it's really new, it's it's evolving quickly, and uh, it has a lot of representation of uh, women and gender diverse people in this industry, where usually in tech, it's, it's very male dominated. Mm-hmm. And so we're starting to get a lot of innovation in terms of sex tech, because you're getting this diversity of ideas and also people developing these products for and a lot of women are in in the business now exactly and Mm -hmm. a lot of women that are leaders and this is why we're getting a lot of uh, toys that are shifting away from this obsession as they describe it with penetrative sex uh, (laughs) towards uh, a better oh is that why okay because men figured that's what women want and this is what women uh, this is all where their pleasure comes from finally people woke up and said hello the majority of women do not orgasm through penetration alone. We need other kinds of sex toys. Exactly. It's about time. So now we have a more fundamental understanding of female anatomy and how women get pleasure. And this is why they're developing these toys. And what's interesting is that um, these toys are usually very gendered. It's either for men or for women. And a lot of these products coming out now are like genderless. They're for like anyone Mm -hmm. kind of thing, which makes it really interesting. (laughs) And so uh, one of these uh, leaders in in the sex tech field um, that works at Dame Products, um, she says uh, her name is Janet Lieberman. She says a penis is designed for many different things, evolutionarily speaking, and female pleasure is not in its top three functions. <laughs> there and you so, go. <laughs> that's not to say that penis can't give pleasure, but if you're optimizing for female pleasure, that's not exactly the shape you're going to end up with. Right. Which yeah. is so interesting that that's all we had access mm-hmm. to for decades Mm -hmm. decades so it's interesting with that said there's a a company that produces these toys called love honey and they say that uh, yeah the demand for vibrators in general seems to be still strong but there is a decline in people buying realistic uh, dildos 
and uh, there's been a, a, a marked uh, growth in uh, clitoral suction vibrators, like right. the one that you just described. When we so I just want to, just for our listeners' sake, um, that there's we sometimes use dildo vibrator interchangeably, but a dildo is simply a phallic. Uh, shaped, you can mm-hmm. have a dildo vibrators. Mm-hmm. So vibrators, they they move, and usually tr- they provide some form of. Uh, they could provide clitoral stimulation on the outside, so they could be used on the outside and the inside. Uh, and then uh, then you have just vibrators that don't look like dildos at all. So toys that 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 just move. Mm-hmm. And now those the ones that you're talking about, the suction ones. The whole purpose of that is to draw blood. Uh, into the clitoris to cr- increase arousal. So this is what what this is the purpose of those toys. A little mm. bit like the penis pump, actually. Oh, okay. It, it, it's mm. more or less the equivalent, except that in the with the penis pump, you're drawing blood to get the erection. Mm. With the uh, clitoral pump, you're you're augmenting the. Um, the pleasure and the sensitivity, okay. exactly. So it's a bit different in terms of uh, purpose. Yeah. So one one of these uh, unusual or out of, out of the box thinking kind of designs of these sex toys, I, I interesting choice of words. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, <laughs> I I I talked about this on, on a previous episode. You didn't which get was... my joke. Uh, out of the box. Oh yes, very good. Oh, ha, 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 ha. they are out of the box, and indeed, they're on the surface now. And so there was one of these toys that that, that we mentioned. It was uh, the by Laura DiCarlo, and that was uh, the person who tried to exhibit their work, and they won an award at the Consumer Electronics oh, yes, Show, we and it was about that, right. it got revoked, and they were banned. So this is one of these uh, companies that d- designed these uh, incredibly complex kind of vibrators that does not necessarily look like some. Um, dildo let's just Mm -hmm. say and so yeah now we're seeing like all in the market now there's the sex toys shaped like eggs uh things that that look kind of like a an iud to me an interuterine Mm. device like you know there's the the, the u-shape but uh uh, what's it called uh we vibe and we've Mm. given away many we vibes on this Mm show uh may started making these they were one of the first and Mm -hmm. it's actually a canadian company yes a couple from ottawa and uh created this and it's a it's the first it was the one of the first couples sex toys Mm -hmm. that can be used internally and externally at the same time and could provide it for both actually a texture writes is it safe and i think they're asking about the 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 suctioning the blood obviously you use it to to your comfort level like you're not you you don't use it to clean the house like you're not using it it's not a vacuum cleaner like you would never want to put a vacuum cleaner hose there which would be too strong Uh, but generally these are uh, yes, of course, they've been tested for safety and, and things like that. But anything you use has to be used uh, responsibly. And they're popular for a reason. Yes, and these, uh, especially this womanizer one, is quite popular, so much so that there's many other companies that have copied it. Mm-hmm. And so I found a really interesting one, and it's called, uh, it's, it's, it's in the shape of a flying saucer, so like uh, alien uh, spacecraft really? kind of thing. It's okay. called Saucy, and the company says that you could use it for space exploration. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. So... 
that is like focusing on more like women oriented products, but we could also say the same for men, uh, products designed primarily for men. And I've raised them in, in a previous episode as well, such as the Autoblow AI, which is this device that looks like a more compact kind of toaster that apparently was trained through artificial intelligence to mimic different forms of oral sex. And you so. what? You stick your penis in it? Yes, you do. In this toaster-like thing. Yeah. Right. There's also another one that I uh, was reading about. Uh, I believe it was, it's called, the company's called Aneros, and it's a prostate massager. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's getting big also in terms of sex toys, is now looking at men and uh, prostate massaging and, mm -hmm. and like an anal play for men before we only had let's say butt plugs mm -hmm. they you know and, but i still and consider that, that more like a, isn't that more like phallic though well except that the uh, they're not they're not really phallic they, they're let's say they're they're like cone shaped mm -hmm. or they're not they, they don't look like penises or they're like u-shaped yeah, yeah they're yeah. different shapes that they they don't look anything like penises and i'll tell you why that that's important especially if they want to try and sell this to uh straight men mm -hmm. the straight men may not want to put in something that you know may may think that oh if i'm putting in a shape of a penis in my anus then it must mean that maybe i'm gay and mm -hmm. you know men are like the sky will fall can be yeah. s squeamish about that mm -hmm. so a lot of these toys look nothing mm -hmm. there, there is no phallic shape to them so they're quite interesting yeah so just to conclude with uh with the sex tech industry it's really interesting because of the diversity and inclusion that it has now in, in terms of the the leadership or like the people who have uh, uh started these new sex tech companies of like how this has spurred innovation and has really moved us forward from the conventional um, objects that we have in sexuality for you know decades upon decades. Yeah. Well, coming up, uh, it's so so interesting all this stuff. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about the uh, weird world of uh, uh, Chinese uh, romance. Video games. Video games. Yeah, yeah. You ha you have to design for women, which is very interesting. That mm -hmm. this is. Uh, I'm sure it'll come here too. So we'll tell you uh, all about that. Turn us on, and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJAD 800. By the way, you can send me your questions about anything related to sex and relationships throughout the show, and uh, whatever I've got, uh, I will answer towards the end of the show as well. I want to remind our listeners as well that CJD800's Live and Interactive is taking place on April 24th. We're going to take you behind the scenes at your very favorite radio station. You're going to tour the studios and you'll sit down for some off-the-record discussions and we can have some colorful discussions with me and some other staff. Why not? Uh, there'll be eats and treats from Rob's American Barbecue and Bo's All Natural Brewery. Uh, if you listen, listen throughout the day and win your way into uh, to CJD800's live and interactive. Also, you can enter by going to cjd 800 Dot com. Looking so looking forward to meeting our listeners. Love, love when we do this. Uh, all right, we've got uh, Dr. Jason Behrman in studio. He's the Vice President of Marketing and Communications at Queer Tech MTL. He's our sex tech expert. We can always ask him what makes him the sex tech guru. <laughs> 
self self described now. Uh, all right. So what is going on with? Um, I, I mean, video games are very popular and they're gaining in popularity. We. we Oh, amongst what demographic? Well, that's the thing. There was a time when we associated it with guys, like you know, young adolescent boys, mm-hmm. and then and then grown men. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how many women complain about their grown men spending hours playing video games. Uh, but in China, it's a little bit different. Yeah, well, we'll get to that, but let's do a little bit of a preamble. So, yeah, it's definitely a male-dominated consumer base for these video games. And also, the vast majority of people who develop video games, it's still a very male-dominated industry. And this is what you get. Uh, You get the shoot-em-up games or, like, you know, the racing games. Kill suck them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, most of them are not really, like, sexually explicit, but there's been a wave of new, very graphic, uh, like, pornographic uh, games that have come out now and parents beware yeah know what your children are playing at no these these are for adults though these games no i know but they're not even geared towards kids really i I would say you know you know what happens of course porn isn't geared towards kids either absolutely okay (laughs) just Uh, saying just saying um, so you have like these two extremes and like there's nothing really in between. And so we have lots of uh, very intricate, c- complex role playing games where you could go into all these like fantasy worlds and all that. But they never really ever have any kind of romantic narrative to it's them. It's just sex. Or, like... or, or, or living out some kind of, you know, imaginary fantasy mm-hmm. or love life. And, you know, nobody ever really touched this segment of gaming. Nobody really ever thought about it. There was like hints and bits about it. Like there was a game called The sims when i was uh oh i younger. remember that mm-hmm. yeah and you could have like relationships with different people in the neighborhood right, and all that and yeah yes, you could like yes, cheat on yes. your spouse and all things like that yeah, never got so, into those but yeah oh i was addicted to the Were sim you? games okay. especially sim city that was my thing i loved urbanism and designing cities and public transit systems to know like <laughs> what kind of geek i am from that to sex okay, okay. jason <laughs> yeah so uh now some people are starting to experiment um uh, like maybe we can uh, develop games where people can live out some kind of uh, romantic fantasies or certain uh, forms of sexuality and uh, there's some indications now that there, there this may be uh, an important niche market that we have long overlooked and there's a good business opportunity here hmm. and so what we're seeing here is uh, like inclinations of this possibility is a game that has been a huge success in China it's a mobile game that had uh, well over 10 million downloads Wow! and it was designed specifically for women. Wow, double wow. (laughs) And it was developed primarily by women. So the game developer, it's called uh, Pap Games, and the game is Love and Producer. And over 70% of the the people that developed the game are women, which is very unusual in the gaming sector. And so this mobile game, uh, you are are the protagonist and you play the role of a young TV producer who is dedicated to reviving her late father's TV show that explored mysterious incidents and anomalies revolving around humans with special powers. So it's like a basically you're you're creating your own soap opera. Kind of, yeah? actually. It's, okay. it's, it, that's that's a good way of describing it. So in the game, you explore the main plots of the show and you produce the show and you make tough decisions on selecting, you know, the right crew and guest stars and all things like that. But what's interesting, you play the female protagonist who is dating four different men <laughs> at the same time. 
And they all every have really... woman's fantasy. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and they have yeah, dating four people at the same time. Oh my gosh! And so they have different characters, and like one of them is um, this uh, cold CEO kind of character, and another one is like this sunny boy band type person. Another one's a brilliant scientist, and then this other, the fourth, is this uh, police officer who can fly. And they're uh, always the same four characters. No, it's, it's different characters. You're, you're you're dating all four. But so you're like dating the... Th- those are the four characters. Those are the four. That everybody who plays would be dating. Pretty much. Okay, so you don't create anybody else. All right. Mm And so uh, women who play the game, they say it's great. They say that the men in the game are more attractive than real boyfriends. (laughs) They're less work. Mm -hmm. And it was... It's developed for women by women, so like they're very attentive to your needs, and they're generally it's more a into game. They're generally more sake. into into your feelings and emotions, and women are really like into these characters, and they're they're starting this like crazy fan base where women are starting to give like thank you letters and and paying billboard ads to express their love for these imaginary okay, that characters. That sounds a little crazy to me, and that that's like where the uh, the world of technology and real life are mixing up like they're just I don't know it it just sounds a little off to me that people would be so engaged with uh, fantasy characters how is it any different how is it any different than falling in love with a celebrity yeah okay I I suppose but I I, I still think but I still think that's crazy too like falling in love you're really in love with the celebrity that you don't even know that you just see on on TV like so common oh my word you know it's not love hello a little bit of lust maybe it's not exactly what I would call love but anyhow Oh, it gets I better. I guess this is uh, <laughs> this is something new, but maybe you could tell us more about that. I also want to get through um, the hoops that people have to jump to to get to online porn and how that's changing. Uh, Dr. Jason Behrman will answer that question. And if you've got other uh, sex and relationship questions that you want me to answer, uh, you can send them in. I'll be happy to do that towards the end of, uh, of the show. This is Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. An issue we've uh, touched upon here on the show in the past uh, is the UK's uh, attempt or wanting to uh, put in some controls for uh, minors to act uh, so that they don't access uh, online porn. Uh, Dr. Jason Behrman can tell us a bit more about how that actually works on our sex tech segment. So how is this going to work or is it even possible? Well, they're going to initiate this uh, soon. And so it's called the Age ID system in the UK and it will block access to adult websites, but only like the very popular mainstream ones that are well known. So like Pornhub, mm-hmm. for example. And so when you go to the site, there will be a, a, la- a landing page, like a cover and you will have to prove your identity by logging in uh, just once. You only have to do an age verification once by submitting information related to your passport or a credit card Mm. or your driver's license. And then once it's verified, you will be able to get access to these sites. And um, it's it's trying to solve a a significant problem, which is trying to limit all the adult content that's online to to minors. Good luck with that, first of all. And uh, if, if you don't want to provide your credit card information or uh, an an email address, you could go buy a voucher and a special ID card at a corner store. (laughs) 
And so it will give you a special oh. ID card. So have your older friend buy it for you. Yeah, it's like kinda. buying it's like buying cigarettes, right? Or or alcohol. Yeah, that's kind of like the right. idea. So that's it's what's like, gonna happen. Um, the the corner store would then control who could buy uh, these cards, you sure. know. So people are saying that this is kind of a, a joke, and they're saying like if children want something, they'll be able to find a way around it. You'll just create just... a new industry now of <laughs> fake IDs, mm-hmm. a new industry of people saying, "I'll get you the voucher," mm-hmm. you know, uh, just it'll cost you ten bucks or whatever it is, and this is how people are going to get around it. I think it's up to parents really mm-hmm. to put the parental controls on the home computers at the very least i i think parents just need to talk about it with their kids but there's there's some legitimate fears where this may push uh or or like it's that that we're restricting the mainstream porn uh kids may be accidentally finding the more extreme or like the the worst illicit web yeah the illicit content that we really don't want them to see right but there's also can i add one thing that i know that when this came up is that on on uh, in uh, I don't know if it's on Twitter or on uh, Tumblr. There's you can get explicit, explicit sexual content on other platforms. N- not on Tumblr. That was a, a topic on, uh, that, or, that I covered on a, on a previous or on Twitter. episode. I think on Twitter you can some, get uh, some yes. Twitter stuff. Yeah, you can get it. Exactly. They're, so they're even find clamping other down ways. on that. But um, this this still raises, besides the fact that this probably will not be that effective, it does raise privacy issues because people are saying like, okay, in order for me to verify my my age and then to be, gain access to these sites, I have to give personal information like a credit card or my driver's license information. And like, what the heck? Who's going to have that information? Ima- right? Like, where does it go? Right. Um, imagine if it's hacked. Can you then become the target of like a sextortion, they call it, or yeah. blackmail? Mm-hmm. Once again, that's always Um, the fear. Who knows? Yeah. So lo and behold, people are saying like uh, technology activists are saying to heck with this. Like, no, don't don't abide by these rules. And there's a company called uh, Letheo where um, they have a product now where you could buy something called a VPN or a virtual private network. I got that when I was in China, by the way. Yeah. So that you could access uh, Uh the Internet there. And so what this essentially does is it lets you become a needle in a haystack when you access common um, internet sites. And the, and the, the sites way, cannot... can I just add that that I, what I was told when I when I got it is that when um, is that it ta- it's like your email or your IP wherever you are is coming from a whole other country. Yeah. You know, so it's not it's not identified with you and mm-hmm. when i uh, spoke to some of the people in china like our guides and whatever they mm-hmm. all have vpns yeah so when i talk because there's uh, porn is not accessible there you mm-hmm. can't have it there but yet plenty watch it and mm-hmm. they ha- get it through these vpns so i don't understand this is why it doesn't work yeah it is a little bit ridiculous but with this company Letheo, they're now allowing you to buy that service get access to that vpn so that websites will not know that you're in the united kingdom and you could just access them just like anybody else does in the rest of the world well you could buy that service by using bitcoin or other forms of cryptocurrencies which is anonymous so that that way you could access the porn remaining completely anonymous bottom line is there are ways to get around all of this and you can protect your privacy and probably teenagers will be able to figure this out as well. Jason, thank you so much. (laughs) Always a pleasure. Always interesting. Sex Tech gets uh, back to you in uh, in May. So if you want to uh, find uh, Dr. Jason Behrman at Queer Tech MTL. 
Uh, you could go to queertech.ca and uh, you could find me uh, online, just uh, Jason Behrman. Uh, reach out to me through LinkedIn. That's a, a popular platform of mine. And my last name is spelled B-E-H-R-M-A-N-N. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Uh, all right, a couple of texts and questions. Whoops, a couple of texts and questions here. Uh, this uh, texture writes, not that different from men with robotic dolls. As for celebrities, they are put in the spotlight and marketed in that way. However, I got the chance to meet my idols, stared into each other's eyes for a long length of time. It helps when they are into activism and you know your values align in a kind of kindred way. Sometimes in life we feel things and not always know what it means yeah but when they're celebrities you don't got a chance with them that's the problem you, they can stay in your fantasies but you know go with real life all right one last question i want to answer for you uh, my husband loves oral sex uh, however he's uncut large and can last forever he gives me whatever i want and more but sometimes i get off 20 or 30 times and he doesn't mostly should i work harder or complain he takes too long uh, well, complaining certainly I don't think is going to change anything. Many men won't orgasm from oral sex simply because they just get more stimulation from other forms of sexuality or they prefer other types of activities. It doesn't mean that they're not enjoying what you're doing. Uh, maybe use oral sex as a method of foreplay and, and finish with what he does like more. But you have to ask him, right? You can ask him, is there anything that you could do differently? Maybe there are ways that you could use your mouth, your tongue, and your hand at the same time. Uh, so he's the only one who can uh, who can really tell you what, what would feel better uh, for him, right? You can send your questions, by the way, anytime to Lori at drlori.com and I'll be happy to answer them every show beginning uh, of every show and if there's any leftovers I promise I will get to them help you out uh, every night that's it for me thank you so much for uh, listening and for spending your precious time with me thank you to our technical producer Chris Aikens thanks uh, and again thanks to uh, Jason Behrman for being here with us you can connect with me on social media at drlori Tito or through my website, drlaurie.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion. Feel that bass from the hits to the ground. Come on, baby, just tap your feet.